Welcome back, everyone, to another Power Rankings edition of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hrsadulu, and today we are discussing none other than the AFC South. Uh, a little bit of bias for me going into this one here. For those of you that don't know, I am a Colts fan. You obviously can see these two jerseys up above my head over here. Uh, but I am going to try and put my biases aside as best as I can and give you guys a straight shot into my thoughts and how I feel about the AFC South and where they stand going into the 2021 NFL season. So without further ado, let's jump right into things. So if you have not seen a power rankings video before, I believe this is the second one that I'm posting now. This is going to be in order from worst to first as we go through all four teams in the AFC South. I'll kind of give my reasoning as to why I put them where I did, give a little bit of insight into my thought process, and then kind of give you guys an overall look at the end of it as well. And of course, as always, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it as I'm going through at the end of the video. Uh, we're get very getting, oh, whoa, getting very close, excuse me, to 100 subscribers on the channel. So really excited excited about that. So hit that subscribe button, like the video, share the videos, let people know what we're doing over here if you enjoy the content. So first off to begin, uh, this first one, uh, not too much of a decision really went into this one here. And I think that anyone who's going to be watching this will kind of assume where I'm going to be going with number four in the power rankings for the South in the AFC. I'm going to start things off with the Houston Texans. Now, I think the biggest theme for the Houston Texans and as to why I'm putting them there at number four really just boils down to the amount of questions that are going into this team and going into this season and a lot of things to not really like about what's going on there. So obviously the elephant in the room, Deshaun Watson, nobody seems to really know what's going on with that. Um, it just seems like he may not even be playing next season at this point in the offseason. So who knows what's really going to go down with that. It sounds like he has not changed his stance on wanting to play in Houston. Uh, you know, they went after quarterback Davis Mills in the third round. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, I mean... Overall, there's just so many more questions than answers with this team. The roster is depleted. Losses like J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins from the year prior. I mean, the, the previous regime has kind of depleted this roster of just about all talent and draft capital as well. And going through this draft, I mean, such a small draft class and their first one going in round number three to a quarterback in Davis Mills, who, you know, a lot of people expected to be maybe like a four, five, sixth round pick. I mean, fourth being generous with that. I was kind of surprised to see him go so high, but, uh, you know, I, there's just so many questions, you know, is David Culley really going to be the, uh, not the quarterback, excuse me, the head coach for this team going into the future? I mean, just more questions than answer. And obviously it, it this is really, a, I, I don't really see how you could really argue anyone else in the number four spot. And I'm sorry, Texans fans that you guys had a really strong run the last few years. It's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I feel for you guys. I know that we're rivals, but I totally feel for, you know, I feel for the Texans fan base. You don't want to see things like that. I remember when the Colts went 2-14 and 14 that one year when we didn't have Manning, you know, just the fear inside me of like, man, is this going to be a long time? And I know the Texans have been really scraping success recently the last few years and you're getting closer and closer what it felt like. And then ultimately, it just seems like since that AFC, um, that AFC playoff game against the Chiefs a few years ago, things have just kind of spiraled out of control. And it's really surprising to see because Houston was looking looking like the team in the AFC South just a couple of years ago. And it's been quite a fast and heavy fall from grace. Uh, now, going into the number three spot, 
this one, um, I think this is a really good spot for these guys. You know, up and coming team. They just got their quarterback of the future in Trevor Lawrence. I think that Jacksonville fits very nicely here at number three. Uh, you know, as far as like numbers four and three went, I didn't really think too much into them. This was kind of how I expected this to like kind of shake out even when I started the pre-planning for this episode. Um, you know, obviously they found their franchise QB or at least they hope to have found their franchise QB in Trevor Lawrence. There are some, there are a lot of questions as far as positions go. I mean, you know, Tebow mania is running wild right now over there in Jacksonville. And as much of a distraction as that might be, in a way, it almost seems like a good thing. And hear me out here for those of you that are not liking this. This takes so much pressure off of Trevor Lawrence because there is like a circus sideshow going on where ESPN is just talking about everything that is Tebow and it almost works out for Trevor Lawrence because he would normally be under a microscope, but because Urban Meyer is doing a solid for his boy here, I mean, it just, it, it helps lift some of that pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. Obviously there's going to be the pressure there. He is the number one pick, but I mean, how much have you really heard about Trevor Lawrence since Tim Tebow was brought on into Jacksonville or it was even rumored that he was going to be going to Jacksonville, you know? So it kind of works for him. There's still a lot of positions of need to be filled. They, they had a, a, a solid draft class, in my opinion. I believe I gave them a C plus. You know, there were some things to like about the draft. A lot of upside in that draft. It's just a matter of whether or not they can, you know, pull that upside out of those players. But overall, I think at a number three spot, this works really well for Jacksonville. Now, going into picks number two and number one, this is where I really struggled the most because I'm trying to, you know, be an unbiased Colts fan here, grading my own division as a fan. And on top of that, there's, you know, the Titans just won the division last season. So give credit where credit is due. Um, but there's there's so much you can look at with the things that have been lost in Tennessee, what's been lost in Indianapolis and what's been recouped, what they've gotten in the draft, things like that. And it took me... I mean, I put together the first two teams pretty quickly, and I spent a solid hour to really just debating where do, where the Titans and the Colts belong in this division ranking. And again, I'm trying to keep all biases aside here and really look at this objectively the best I can. So I'm going to go with number two being the Tennessee Titans, the division winners last year. And hear me out, Tennessee fans, before you just start, you know, throwing me off as a Colts fan. Um Here's my reasoning. In terms of losses, there's a lot to really list here. We have Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, and Jadevian Clowney. Now, Clowney's probably lesser on that list and might not even deserve to be on the list, and depending on who you're talking to, um, I think that, you know, with name value, and yes, he might not have the sack numbers you're looking for, um, Jadevian Clowney's a presence on that D-line, and the Browns being able to pick him up, they're going to really benefit from that because he does bring the name, he does bring a presence. While he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's there causing havoc, you know, you know, forcing pressure, quarterbacks to roll out of the pocket. So he might not be the guy that's getting the sacks, but he is forcing a lot of pressure in his position. And I still think he's worth mentioning as a loss for you guys. And so the numbers are really big in terms of losses. A lot of big name players out of Tennessee there. Um, on top of that, they did gain Bud Dupree, which I'm a really big fan of for them. I think that, you know, that's a really solid piece to bring in after losing somebody like Jadeveon Clowney. Uh, on top of that, they brought in Janoris Jenkins. Uh, you know, this is a... 
a solid piece to bring in. Does he really replace a Dory Jackson or Malcolm Butler, though, is really my question on that one. He is 33 years old, not getting any younger. Uh, you can't really imagine him getting even better than he already has been playing the last few years. Uh, Caleb Farley, obviously their number one draft choice. This was something that, you know, there's a little bit of the injury history there with the lower back, and that's a tricky one because, you know, a lot of people get scared away from those. And, and I've seen a lot of conversation on whether it was smart of them to go after, uh, you know, Caleb Farley in the first round. Um, I'm hoping that this is a non-issue. I did a little bit of research into his injury stuff just to make sure I really understood it before I added this into it. And from what it sounds like, it doesn't seem like it's much of a concern for the team. And, you know, he should be good going forward. It sounds like the most recent procedure he had was something he probably should have just gotten done taking care of the year prior and opted to play through it and hoped it healed on its own. So it wasn't like something that's been hampering him or it's a new injury. It's just something that was there. He tried to play through and was like, all right, maybe I should just get this taken care of before I move into you know the actual you know into the pros and start playing on you know an, an injured vertebrae now this could very well be the Titans division I'm going to flat out say that for all I know what the Colts have done might not outweigh what Tennessee has done or lost and you know the tides could very well be that Tennessee's winning this division again I'm going to straight up say that and that's 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 my honest opinion on that is this is a very I'm very torn on the whole one and two choices now obviously I have Indianapolis at number one the reasonings for it is should all go and and and, and this is all speculation at the end of the day but should all go well Carson Wentz should be an upgrade over Phillip Rivers in terms of mobility, arm strength. You know, if he's not the broken man that the NFL has tried to paint him or the media per se has tried to paint him over for the last few you know months and honestly last year at this point now since this past season started, um, th this should be good for Indianapolis. You get a young quarterback who at one point was playing at an MVP caliber level. And for me, I'm going to be honest. I was not high on the Carson Wentz signing initially or trade uh, rather initially. I was all for the Colts going after somebody like Matthew Stafford. I wanted, you know, the big, the big arm power quarterback, you know, who can launch the ball, you know, one of the strongest arms in the league is what Matthew Stafford's coming along with here. I wasn't really sold on the Carson Wentz thing, but having seen him in interviews and hearing what Indianapolis has to say about him and, you know, I, I look at the Eagles as an organization that's really struggling right now as a whole to really kind of pick up the pieces and reset a culture that has seemed to have been lost in Philly. Uh, I, I want to say it was more Philadelphia than Carson in that case. So that's kind of how I'm looking at that. On top of that, I mean, we've shored up the offensive line with some solid draft picks. And also on top of that, left tackle Eric Fisher, if he can return to form from his injury, I mean, this is a Pro Bowl left tackle coming in to replace Anthony Costanzo, who was also a Pro Bowl left tackle. So as long as that works out well, that seems very good in my opinion. So I'm excited to see that. We, you know, kind of short up the edge positions in Quiddy Pay and, um, um, what is it, Deo Odeyingbo. So, uh, you know, this is... I just, my reasoning for this ranking, essentially the way it's set out here is not because I'm a Colts fan or anything like that, but more so just there was a lot of losses in Tennessee and it seems like Indianapolis did a really good job of keeping all of their core players. We've lost like Anthony Walker, Danico Autry and Justin Houston as the main pieces of loss. And, you know, we brought in a lot of really good talent and, you know, 
potential upside with some players. Deo might not even play this year, but you know, down the road, he was a lot of people saying a potential first or second rounder if he did not have his injury. So things are looking really good for Indianapolis and things are still looking good in Tennessee. Again, do not get me wrong. This is more like a 1A, 1B type deal. And because of the sake of just ordering the list, I put Colts at number one and Tennessee at number two, but Tennessee has a very strong case for being the best team in this division. And they could very well be that number one team sitting with 11 or 12, maybe even 13 wins if things really go out well. And, you know, we might even be hearing, and this is being recorded on the 31st of May, so I'll just say that right now. Um, in the next couple of days, if Julio Jones end up getting traded to Tennessee, we could very, I would completely flip this right now, but because I'm recording it right now, I could very well be completely wrong about this. And if Julio Jones is in Tennessee, I would probably just give the number one spot to Tennessee right there. So, like, it's this close. I'm not, like, favoring one team or the other or anything like that. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Tennessee He's looking very strong going into this next year. And I think that the Colts edged them out by like a literal sliver. Uh, but that is my thoughts on the AFC South. I appreciate you all for listening. I would love to know what you guys think in the comment section down below. What are your thoughts? What are your rankings? Go ahead, fire them out. Discuss it. Let me know what you think. I would love to discuss it and hear your guys' opinions on why you would put certain teams where. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. But I am Ethan Hursadulu. Thank you for watching my AFC South Power Rankings. I'll catch you guys next time.